Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast. My name is Alice Clements and I'm joined today by a very special guest. Campbell Flakemar, unfortunately, is busy uh, negotiating Tasmania's new AFL team and was unable to join us. But we do have the 2011 Tour de France winner, the manager of Caleb Ewan, Jack Haig, and and many more, uh, Jason Backer. Welcome, Jason. Thanks, Alex. Did you call me the winner then? Uh, Well, that... That's that's what I've got down in my show notes. Go winner. You picked up. When did you pick up Cadell? What year did we manage started managing him? Uh, started two thousand and ten. Nice. And of course, joined by uh, Maxi Gorn, who's wearing an Arceus Samsek hat, which is a new yes. a new addition to his collection. What's going on there? I'm just trying to find my new my new team uh, to follow. Obviously, Israel Premier Tech haven't bought Omar Goldstein, so I'm not going to be following uh, Israel Premier Tech. So, Arkea Samsic seemed like the most mediocre team now, so I'm going Arkea. <laughs> Jace, you're on the you're on the ground in Bilbao. I am Alex at the Guggenheim Museum. Actually, just spent an hour at the Guggenheim Museum pretending I'm quite intellectual and. Smart, pretend I knew what I was looking at, but anyway, I had no idea. I've just been hanging out and had the coffee at the end. So uh, it's where the uh, the present team presentations are being held tonight, just in the, the uh, foot of the Guggenheim. So hopefully, if you can see behind me, the the, uh, the weather's not ideal um, at the moment, so, which is unusual for Spain. So hopefully, it clears up a bit for uh, the presentations tonight because the setting for, for it is amazing. It's going to be amazing. Nice. Uh, Jack Haig, Caleb Ewan, Matt Dinham, all doing the Tour de France. I guess, first of all, how's, how's Caleb going? Caleb's going good. I mean, he's, he's not coming in. I think he's coming to the Tour in other years absolutely firing and flint hard and really confident and arguably the, the, the form sprinter in world cycling. He's not coming in as the form cyclist in world cycle or the form sprinter. He's not coming in that way at the moment. So, um, and I know all the, the experts out there and the pundits have been, I think he's barely rated a mention in any stage selections or anything like that. So sometimes being underestimated is a gift. Um, and I suspect hopefully that works in Caleb's favour. I think his mental state's really good. Um, I think his physical state, is, what he's suggested to me is that he's in really good nick. Um, I think there's just a probably just a little mental barrier there to, that a win would fix up a lot of things. So um, look, if he could knock over a win early on, it'd be absolutely fantastic for him. So you wouldn't put it past him, would you? Not at all. Matt Dinham, first Tour de France. Uh, I hear I hear he's been training with Roman Bardet at altitude for the last month or so. How's uh, how's he checking in? I caught up with Matt yesterday. Um, in Nice, so where he's residing in Nice, um, really settling in well, settling into the World Tour scene very well, settling into the team well. He really likes DSM, seems to sort of suit Matt's personality. Um, he's a cycling nuffy, if I can say that. So uh, he loves, he just loves it, and they have they are very, um, very educational, very full on in their approach. And I think for some people, you know, some riders probably. Don't love that as much, and other guys just lap it up. I'd say Matt laps it up. So um, he's really happy there. They're incredibly impressed with him um, to the you know, to the point of putting him in the Tour de France in his Neo Pro year. Um, 
spending a lot of time, a lot of time with Roman Bardet. I think we've just got the national anthem being um, rehearsed in the background as, as I speak. So hopefully it's not coming through too loud. Um, spending a lot of time with Roman Bardet. I think he's taken Matt under his wing, and uh, he's going to do a big job for um, Bardet and the Mountains this year. So he's, he's got a big role to play in his first tour. I reckon he's up to it. Must have been tough for him settling into Nice, Jase. That's a pretty tough town, Nice, to settle into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, he's flowing it, isn't he? So um, he's chosen well. I'd say after spending a couple of days here, I can see why he'd want to live there. So he's there with Jensen Plowright down the street. Yeah. He's in his first year at uh, Alperson. I think uh, Rudy Porter's there from Jaco's. A few of the young Aussies floating around there. It's not heaps. Um, but that, yeah, he's really, I mean, it's a magnificent place. He's loving it on the Mediterranean there. He's, I can't really – don't tell him I said this, but I think he found himself a little girlfriend. So um, we'll, keep, we'll keep that on the quiet. Yeah. But um, I think all life's going pretty good for Matt. So, maybe um, maybe Caleb really well. Maybe Caleb might let him ride 20k up the road to go for a little ride in Monaco, or is that against Caleb's rules? <laughs> no, I think Caleb's looking for friends at the moment. Okay. So I reckon he's happily have Matt, Matt, Matt up the road. It's amazing uh, – you know what it's like in sport, Max. You a lot of mates one minute and another minute. Another, uh, when things aren't going quite as well, they're, you're not got, you haven't got so many. But um, Caleb's always really good to all those young boys. So I think Jared Drisner's, Harry Sweeney's recently moved from there. But a lot of the young Aussies are in the region, in that region down there. I think Caleb's always been really yep. giving of his time and generous and has them over. So he's uh, he's assuming the role. Once upon a time, it seemed that long ago, Caleb was the... The young, uh, the new, the new, um, the young buck there, and under the guidance of Simon Gerrans and Mark Renshaw and the like, and now he's that role. He's playing that role now. So time flies. Flies. Has um, has anyone Jay's done the Giro, Dauphiné, and Tour trio? Because Hagey, that's first I've seen for a long time. Yeah, I know it's not normal, is it? It's not. It's not regular. Um, You'd have to go back a long way, I reckon, to see where somebody's done all those three. I think circumstances. Spoke to Hagee just briefly. I've been texting with him a bit. Um, I was going to try and catch up with him today, but they got a busy day today with media and um, photos and trying to fit a trying to fit a ride in a training ride of all things. Um, that seems almost last on the list. Um, and obviously the presentations later, but um, I think obviously the the tragedy around. Gino Maida a few weeks ago sort of necessitated Hagee to come into the team and they brought him in, I think, because his form was obviously so good in the Dauphiné. Obviously, there's a bit of a risk he might tire towards the end, but he's a, look, he's a seasoned pro. He knows the game as well as anyone. Um, and I think probably with the circumstances around the team and the tragedy, I think they probably had to bring in someone with his experience and maturity and strength, I reckon. I think to, um, it's going to be a tough tour for, for those boys. It'll be a Tough to have the whole team, I would have thought. Yeah. And your old Jace, over the next next couple of weeks, what are you doing? Just swanning around France, wheeling, dealing with teams? What's on the schedule? I think more swanning than anything else. So um, just sort of, as I said, walking around the Guggenheim, pretending I'm sort of taking in all the abstract art and the impressionist period and all these sorts of things. So, um, no, it'll be a good, great chance to catch up with everyone, catch up with teams and... Um, Catching up with Maddie Keenan later on this afternoon for a little quiet one uh, before the presentations. Um, so it's good to it's good to be out and about and over here again. We're sort of getting over the pandemic still a little bit. I'm a little bit rusty still, so 
Um, not quite the season travel I felt I was a few years ago, but it's good to get back over again. It's a great vibe, so yeah, it's exciting. Can't wait. And uh, I want to top it off with a trip to the Ashes, by the way, Alex. Sorry, boys, I, I better go back and give the Aussies a bit of uh, support at the, uh, over in the UK. That, that, Hopefully, see them. Um, that was my last question, Andrew McDonald. Is obviously a uh, is a client of yours. How how are things? How's he been in the build up to the Ashes? Obviously, things went well for the first test. Seemed like it was a pretty good day out yesterday. How's um how's he been travelling with the, the new head coach role? You know what? There's not much difference between his best and his worst. If they're not going very well or they're killing it, he's pretty much the same. So uh, he's got a lot of flack the last couple of years with obviously the um, Justin Langer's sort of exit from the team. Um, so him and Pat Cummins, I think, you know, I think two guys there probably, if they can, if they can, they've got a long way to go, but if they can do the job, I think those two guys deserve it. So I, I think they know there's still a big job ahead of them. I don't know how this, I assume play started right now, but um, if they can knock over this test, they've got a great record at Lords. If they can win Lords, it's a, it's a long way back for England from there. So I really hope, I hope they can do it. Has he improved on the bike? Because I put him away that day down Geelong. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. I would have thought he was at his peak then. <laughs> he fancied himself as a... I think, I think a bit like you, he fancies himself as a biker. He said, okay. he's got a bit of form to match it. He's got absolutely none. It was a 60k ride and no, I couldn't see him up to 10k. <laughs> He's a closet of cycling fan. He's actually a real. He's a very keen cycling fan. He's a bit like you, Max, like that. He's um, he does keep up with it. Um, he's actually spewing. He's got to worry about the Ashes. He wants to come over and see the see the Tour de France, but uh, the cricket's getting in the way of that at the moment. So yeah, I'm tipping he hasn't improved too much, but um, maybe that's one for when he finishes his coaching role there. Understood. Jace, we better let you get better let you get back to the art. Do appreciate you finding time and enjoy France. Thanks, boys. All the best. Thanks, Max. Go, Jase. Go, Damon. That was was pretty positive. I was expecting him to bang on about the cats for about 15 minutes before we actually got a question in about cycling, but it seems like it's all happening on the ground there. And I was keen to hear uh, who he... I'm presuming he's going to talk to a couple of teams about uh, our good friend in Caleb. Mm. Um, I wonder who he is going to wine and dine with, and certainly a stage win would help. Those conversations, I think. Well, I think that's it. That's it for Caleb at the moment. It's like he needs to get himself back on that. The conversation that Jason would have been having a couple of years ago when he did his Lotto Sudal contract is very different at the moment when he's he was coming off four Tour de France stages versus a couple of quiet tours. Um, so, yeah, let's hope he can bag something early on. Where'd you get your RKSM sec hat from? Uh, well, actually, I was... Um... When I did some riding uh, over in France last year, there was just, yeah, just come across it. And there was a hat that I needed to have. Obviously, you know how big of a fan I am of Nara Quintana, um, although not coming to the tour. Um, yeah, so Warren Bargui, he's my man. What, is Plappy done? Is Plappy dead to you? He previously had the Ineos jersey up on the wall. He hasn't sent you enough merch recently? Yeah, no, Jess, Jess took the Ineos merch down, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, and I'm not like I'm, a, I'm an avid cycling fan but not Tour of Austria I need to get Plappy Plappy needs to get mainstream for me he needs to get in the Tour mm. we can't be too far off the Tour list well I mean this was the team to get in I don't want to talk any of these guys down because I'm sure they're all nine eight quality riders um, but maybe a little Plappy like these stage one stage two a little bit of 
a late attack from someone that the Tua don't necessarily suspect. Plappy gets over. Yeah. Could have been. Could have given him. Could have given them the fifth GC rider, just to really spread the load. What um what's happening with the D's? Yeah, I think like I'm, obviously expectation is high externally, um, internally certainly as well. But um, every time we do lose a game of footy, it, it, it seems catastrophic externally. Um, like Collingwood, amazing win, but Geelong and Geelong, the reigning champs. Yeah, they've been slightly out of touch, but they the current raining champs uh, at their home ground and it was raining and cold. Like that's a that's a tough game and we were in front at three-quarter time. Obviously, how the game played out, it's disappointing that we lost, but leading into it, I'm sure it was a flip of the coin in terms of the result. So I'm not um, too stressed about the result. I would have loved to have been able to uh, get the win when we're up at three-quarter time. But we've got a big cam- campaign coming. We can't really lose too many on the way in here. We've lost enough now um, and we do want to finish at this pointy part of the year. So... Giants and Alice Springs this week. Giants are like, I'm not sure if you're keeping up with the Giants scoreboard over there, wherever you are, Elbow, uh, LB, but um, they, uh, they're like the informed team of the comp almost. They've won like three or four on the trot. Um, so that's going to be hot this week. Um, and then St. Kilda at Marvel, that's going to be hot. Saints are going for top four as well. Um, so just like they're big games after big games uh, coming up. So yeah, I'd start to get worried if we start to lose a few from here on in. There, like when when there is that external media hype, do the boys get worked up? Like, is there, is there differing views as to when you rock up for recovery on Sunday or Monday? No, I think majority of them have uh, internally. We have like we 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 know what the prize is. We got our eyes on the prize, um, but it's annoying that it, it can potentially be annoying. It is annoying for me because I, I I I do love the media. Um, one week we're flag favourites at a dollar fifty, can't even back against us, and then we have a loss against the premiers of last year, and all of a sudden you don't want to touch us again. Like it's, it's all about a campaign. In twenty twenty one, when we did win the flag, um, apart from the seven in a row to finish, we were actually a bit up and down in that middle part of the year. We lost to Collingwood, who were the wooden spoon team that year on Queen's birthday. So um, the perfect season just doesn't exist. Um, so there will be bumps and bruises, but um, it's all about that pointy end of the year. But you got to get there, so we've got to beat Giants this weekend. Was beating the Pies though at the G unreal? Like that was pretty cool, stadium. especially because Collingwood are probably the it team, um, and they don't really lose games of footy that they're in, and they were in it. Um, we probably should have been a few goals more in front, which um, a lot of teams might think. So at three-quarter time, we've got every right to go, geez, we should be six goals in front, but instead we're two, and this is the best last-quarter team of the comp. Um, but we like to think we are as well. Uh, so it was always going to be a hot last quarter. And it really, it was all ours up until like a minute ago. They scored two goals in the last minute. Um, the crowd, the stadium was almost empty. Everyone had already left, and then all of a sudden they start coming running back in. Uh, but no, that was, that, was a, that was a really fun game to be involved in. Um, obviously, the, the bigger purpose there was the MND game. Um, they're great games to play in. Uh, to still see Neil, not sure if he got any broadcast of what was happening, but he managed to get uh, on the G and walk off the G for a tunnel, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I've seen some clips on Twitter, but I, well, I was listening to the game. I don't know if you've listened to a football game or a sporting event on radio recently. As like an engaged supporter, like if we're just listening to a general football game, it'd be fine. But as like an engaged fan, it, it was the last quarter was horrible. Because you're just like you're just sitting there, just like I don't really know what's going on. I'm trying to work out who's who, where everyone is. Um, Tour de France, biggest race 
well, obviously, it, have you found it's got extra hype because of the Netflix doco? Yeah, I mean, I've still got two to go. Um, I've been a bit of a slow. I don't think it's tailored for for us, Alby. Um, yeah. That doesn't make me not want to watch it, but it's it's certainly a dumbed down version of the two. The amount of times I've heard how to win the yellow jersey in the first four episodes, but I um, I did like some of the insights. Um, it certainly got me thinking um, about a couple of my tips and 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 who I think would go well. Um, especially like EF, like the EF stuff was cool. Um, I find it weird that they don't back themselves in as a good team and um, they just talk about how good Ineos are. Like I found that kind of weird. Um, they were playing that underdog card. But yeah, that's it's definitely created a lot of hype. I feel like there's more hype about this tour than a lot of tours, maybe because the competition is hot. Like there's two genuine chances and there's also a chance that they both capitulate and a Carapaz or a Jai Hindley could hold on as well. So um, I'm excited. Yeah, I've had mates like come up to the pub, like just want to talk about cycling. It's like, huh? Could get used yeah, to there's this. so much of the so much of the footy club because the drive to survive, the the break point, which is the tennis one. I don't know what the golf one was called, but the golf one. And then I'm like, oh boys, you can tune into my sport soon. I've got one coming. And then when it finally came, everyone everyone tuned in. The broken English. I would have thought that would have really targeted it for the English market. I find that weird. Like that's where their major growth is. Everyone in France loves it. So hmm. I feel like their growth is like the US market. Like imagine if they managed to get in there and it was all sort of broken English and you could watch it in um, dubbed English. So I found that a little bit weird, but um, apart from that, yeah, the boys, the boys loved it. I've got a few people watching stage one um, this, this, this week and a few people that want like daily updates on how What's his name? Jasper Disaster goes. Um, no <laughs> tracks tracks keen on yes Jasper Disaster. It's um it's it was very French, wasn't it? To have like a good fifty percent of the show in in French. It was, you, could tell, you could tell it was commissioned by the ASO. But they're trying to get money and they're trying to sell it. Like get the US market involved, and they've they've got some good US riders and Aussie riders. There's twelve Australians riding the Tour de France. Like that's crazy. Like we could we could really be sold there. I know, and and you look at all, what every other sport is doing. It's just like you look at what Formula One's done off the back of their documentary. There's there's three new races in the US. They're all about the US, 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 and then the cycling is still we're a French sport. But in saying that, in saying that, there there was that focus, like you said, on EF. I think Jonathan Voltz has really um, projected his profile into the media over the last couple of months. I mean, anyone that wants to have a Twitter war with Lance Armstrong is going to project himself into the media pretty well. He, he Twitter Twitter war. He's been, he was on. GC, he's been commentating on GCN. He's on the Netflix doco. It's like, okay, he's back. He's back. He had a go at Tebow Pino as well, who's come across as the yeah. most loved yeah. person in the peloton. That's an interesting attack. I think I think that one probably pulled him back a couple of steps. I reckon Lance pushed him forward a little bit, even if it was just awareness. And Lance was calling him a clown and and whatnot publicly but yeah i think ef ef did well to um to get on the docker i think anyone that was on the docker was a winner in the end they certainly my takeaway from ef is how much they talked up rigoberto around um mm. i always wondered a little bit of who how fifth to 12th in gc is talked about within their team bus and now after watching that like EF, it's like all seven of them have to ride for Rigo, who 
it just seemed weird that they wouldn't, apart from uh, Bissinger early, that they wanted to get that stage win. They were they were all in for Rigoberto, which seemed weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, let's let's get on the team sheets. First first team jumbo Visma. Wood Van Aert, do you like him more or less after the documentary series? Uh, less. Really? I like him more. Really? Yeah. He's less perfect. He's less perfect. Yeah, I mean, Vinegard, I, I thought, was a little bit unreasonable personally. Um, mm. But yeah, like, I'm not, I, I might be a lordy, like, listen to the coach, do what the coach type operator, and Van Art just like, oh, can I go on the break today? Like, it's just, seems weird. MBDP, I started to like more from it. But before the show, he was also, you've been quoted saying he's your favourite athlete in the world. Yeah, but then, then he, um, then he had the 14-year-old girl knick-knocking incident in Australia and said he's never coming back, which sort of brought him down a tiny bit. Um, but okay. yeah, the, his, his doco brought him up a tiny bit back from that, which is a weird thing for me to say that he's come back from bullying a 14-year-old girl. But So he's back to number one? <laughs> well, now after I'm brought up and I keep on saying 14-year-old girl, I feel like I should stop saying he's my favourite cyclist. <laughs> um, he's not one. Someone from Arcadia is uh, the first Jumbo Visma, Jumbo Visma, the major change is Roglic out. Sole focus on Vingegaard, obviously it was in the Doco series. They had that dual focus last year. Vin, Vin was always like that kind of the lead guy, but um, Rog was kind of there as a hedge and played that role on the stage that eventually cracked Pog. What are your thoughts on this squad? Obviously it's strong as but with that sole focus versus last year? Yeah, um, I think they've gotten stronger. I think Kelderman is a better rider than Cruzwick, in my opinion. Um, I don't think Kelderman's necessarily played this domestique role a lot, uh, but he could be even play the Roglic, Roglic role, but not to an extent where he's a chance to win the Tour, but he could certainly put pressure on if he's in the top five. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm keen to see what Laporte and Van Aert and Van Baal do because they're obviously three big big dogs in the world of cycling. And now after watching the doco, Woot has a license to do everything. I'm sure Laporte will have a license to go for a couple of sprints, and I'm sure Dylan Van Baal, who's the Dutch national champion over MBDB, I'm sure he's going to have a license at different times to do something. So um, can they do it all? Tees Benut in there as well, just throwing another rock star with Seb Kuss and uh, Van Hoydonk to kind of be support on the flat in the mountains. He's a rock star squad. It's a rock star squad. I, I, I mean, I think he uh, – I mean, with the Pog, what's going on with Pog as we're about to get to UAE, I, I feel like Vinegard is the clear favourite and he's got the best seven riders almost in the world to support him. UAE team Emirates obviously got Pog, the other – like they're kind of you talk about these two in like their own kind of category, like these two, and then everyone else is racing in their own Tour de France. Interesting that they've kind of they've swapped they've swapped roles in that last year. Vin had Roglic there to support to kind of support him as the two prong attack. Now UAE have gone in with Yates as well. Right, Pog Poggy's also got that the lingering wrist injury, which is a little bit unknown. I guess he won the Slovenian champs, but. I'm not sure how much you can read into that. But before that, he was tearing shreds off the world to a peloton in races that he should not be winning. 
He's only got so one silly. guy that you're not sure what he can do in Marcus Soler. Um But to, I mean, they've taken out George Bennett and Adam and added Adam Yates. Like I think that's a it's a pretty good upgrade. Sorry to George, but um, I don't think once like similar to Wilco Kellerman, I don't think I've ever seen Adam Yates play a genuine domestique role. But I've certainly seen him in the last four or five in Tour de France's. So um, he's a, he's a major player. I mean, they're probably trying to do it back to Yumbo and see if they can get two of them in the top four and try and work over Yumbo. Uh, the issue is they don't have Van Aert, so I can't see anyone else really playing that role. Um, Trenton will help him in a couple of the punchy ones. Mikel Berg, we know what a sh- strong tank he, he is. Rafael Micah, or oh, he's up there with Sepp Kuss, probably not quite there, but he's up there. Um, it's, it's a good team. Could we see, can you see um, like the final four on some of these climbs being Kuss... Bindergaard, Yates, Rog, Pog, sorry. Certainly. I hope not. I hope Carapaz and Hindley are there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those four could be the best four riders. I mean, and add Micah. Could be those five. Like, um, I, the UAE might outnumber Yumbo at different times in this race. Um, Groschnatter as well. Yeah, Groschnatter's a, a, a top 10 one-weeker type man. Uh, but he's certainly – I'd put him in – a better climber than yeah, Van Baal, Batij Banu, Christophe Laporte. So um, UAE have come strong. They don't want a, a repeat of last of last year. If you could have either team, which one would you take? I'm taking Yumbo, uh, but purely because, yeah, I want results everywhere. Um, but if you're telling me to win the Tour de France, poor, you almost take UAE. What, what, what do you do with... If if you were the, the squad captain, who like who is this? Who's the veteran there? Laporte maybe. Vin. No, in terms of on Jumbo Visma. Oh, Jumbo, yeah, it's. I mean, it could be Dylan Van Bale. What what are you doing with Van Van Art both on the road management? Had it had it, What do you play? He said he says he's not going to the green. He's not. He says he's not going for the green jersey. Um. But I had, a, I had a message from friend of the podcast, Danny Clark, saying that uh, Van Aert at 350s to win the green jersey is free money. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, he's, he's not going to go for the green jersey. Insane. He's not going to purposely waste energy to get in breaks to get green jersey points. But he's going to clean up some stages. Um, so, like, is he going to win more stages than Mads Pedersen? So how many... How many is Mads Pedersen Philipson going to have to? How many intermediate sprints are they going to have to win to catch him? Like, I, I, I agree. I agree with you. I'm, I'm real unsure what Woot is doing. I feel like he's going to sprint, but I also feel like he's pretty dedicated to be one of the last domestics left. He could be. I could. I can see him being in the final ten up some of these mountaintop finishes. And, and he'll be getting over those mountain passes that those guys aren't getting over and just being in the group, being in the 30 guys that are there, that are just there. He's like, well, why wouldn't I take them? Would, so would you put cash on him at 350s? Uh, I'm going elsewhere, but I, I would think about it. I, if, in terms of the favourites of him, Phillips and Pedersen, I would be going Van Aert. Bahrain Victorious. Are you looking on pro cycling stats and can see this kit that they've got? Yeah, that's um, Bahrain and Israel tend to just, hey, let's ride with a fun kit again. Um, to be fair, it's a sponsor's game, so they have every right. 
Uh, obviously, Jace touched on like a horrific couple of weeks for the team. And that, and that's caused Jack Hay to come in, like you talked about. Um, when was the last time that someone did the Giro Dolphin tour? I do not know. That is a stacked uh, year for Jack. But obviously, he came fifth in the Dolphin He must be moving well. They've got Lander. Yeah, Lander, Bilbao there, I guess, as dual leadership. I'm sure Lander will be just doing whatever he wants. Um, and Bilbao will be there around the mark. You've always been big on him. Do you think he can go top five, top ten of the general? Oh, I mean, he's, we're starting in Bilbao, so um, if there's ever a race for him to go well in. Uh, I like the way Bahrain always structure their team, especially in the in the Grand Tours. Um, so they've got the two leaders with Lander and Bilbao. They've got the two domestiques in Hague and Pals. Fred Wright and Mahorich will just do what they want. In the sprints, they'll help out Bauhaus with a, with a sprint train. Um, and then in the uh, in the non-sprinty stages, they might go for some breaks. And then Nicholas Arndt is the lead out for Phil Bauhaus. So um, I don't think Bauhaus is anywhere near the sprinters that we've got a genuine plethora of sprinters here at the at, at the tour. I don't think Bauhaus is in that group. Um, but I like how Bahrain have gone. Well, Lander's going to finish fifth to ten. Bill Bauer probably the same. Let's not put all eggs in that basket. Let's bring Bauhaus. Let's bring Mahorich as a chance for stage one. Fred Wright will definitely get in a break and be a chance. Um, and they tend to do this, Bahrain. I really like the way they race. Boy, Hansgrove got Jai Hindley. I think he's third in the bookies for favourite overall. He's had a solid lead into the Tour. First time going red hot at the Tour de France after his Giro victory. Uh, a couple of years ago. Thoughts on Jai as the best of the rest? Yeah, I'm, I've got him on the podium personally, I think. I, um, I think he's the best climber, obviously, outside Jonas. I'm, I'm Tadej, oh, if we're talking really high altitude and the biggest climb of all time, I think Jai might beat him up at Like, I'm not sure what Tadej is like right up the top. Um. But he loses so much time in probably the other stages. So I don't think he's anywhere near the top two. His team, again, they've gone similar to Bahrain in a way with Bookman uh, as his lead domestique and then Conrad to go for some stages with Bob Youngles and then a little tiny lead out of Pollock Van Poppel for Geordie Moose who somehow got picked over Sam Bennett. Um, I think Bennett must be on the move again. Uh, he must. Is he not likeable? Uh, he, he just seems like he's on the move every second year. Uh, I mean, he won. He was lovely. He won the green jersey and hasn't been yeah. to the tour since. That's correct. Won the green jersey in about four stages with it. But obviously, obviously, there's there's no way he's not leaving the team if he's not going to the Tour de France this year. Like, I get Jordan Moose. Like, he's a big cobble sort of sprint. It's like a Christophe type setup. But he's, again, with this field, you need better. Bookman too. Is he going to do much for Hindley? Feels like Bookman kind of just floats around and does his own thing. We'll be up there. For, it'll be good for a few stages, that's for sure. A couple of days in the breakaway. It was a good. Someone told me a good little sort of analogy around Bookman. Well, not analogy, just the way he rides. Everyone has improved. So like the numbers, Froome was winning in 2015-14. Like it's improved to Vinegar and Pogacar. Like they're so everyone's so much better. Bookman has stayed the same. The whole way through. This guy was a top five tour hope 
to now being a domestique and not a real helpful one. Um, I'm pretty sure Jai won the Giro without him. Like I, I, I remember seeing Bookman not really helping him too much. I reckon Conrad's a better domestique than Bookman. He did win the German national champs though, so I'm not sure um, if there's many climbers in Germany. I can't really think of too many that are springing to my mind. Seems weird that Germany would do a climbers course with all their sprinters and strongmen, but yeah, there's there's a German champion for it. Fourth on GC in the Tour de France in 2019, which led to us putting us putting him in as like a smoky third place in every Grand Tour race for the following three years, and I think now he's finally moved his way out of there. Again, though, you you start to see this trend that outside of the top two teams, everyone's got a hedge. Like no no one's no one's there for just there GC guy you got you got to have a sprinter in there as uh, well. not everyone I feel like the team we're about to talk to next missed the boat on that one group arm FTJ there's a smell I'm not sure how much you follow the FTJ stuff um, but I'm right amongst it because it involves a couple of my favorite riders well they were David could do um, yet to get to his episode on Netflix but apparently it's not great um, and his hatred for yeah. Arno DeMar and apparently that's why Arno Demar is not in the team because Gadu doesn't really like him. And poor, they, Demar could win stages here. Gadu probably can't. I think Thibaut Pinot and Valentin Madois, who won the French national champs, are probably the two guys. Like Demar, Lars Vandenberg wasn't even on. Apparently, wasn't even on their fifteen-person shortlist for the tour, and he's come from nowhere to replace Demar. Would would is Demar leaving? I don't know, but all, all we requested was I will come without a lead out. Just give me Scotson. He asked for one rider. Scotson would have helped Gadu in some of the stages. Like Scotson is that versatile, and they couldn't even. And I, do, we, do you know anything about those top three riders that are on the list there? Vandenberg, Lagash, or, or Quinton Pacher? No, no. Demar and Scotson. Come on, please. What have you have any? Have you had to deal with any feuds in house across your sporting career? I mean, Jake Meltram knocked out Stephen May at Entrecot, but did, did, do you reckon that's at the level of this? Uh, no, like public, like publicly saying that they were having a few fisty cuts outside of restaurants in in somewhat private matters. Yeah. Um, no, I had this. There's the only thing. The only I've only heard. Obviously, Andrew McLeod, Tyson Edwards back in the Adelaide days. Um, and then there was a Nathan Eagleton and half the Western Bulldogs team or Lindsay Gilby or something. It was a Western Bulldogs one, but I've only ever heard this. It's not a big thing in football. Everyone's sort of friends. Is, do you reckon this is fixable or that that's it for DeMar? I think DeMar has to, DeMar has to go. Yeah. yeah. So if you're his agent, you're moving him on. I think so. And that leaves Groupana in a weird situation. I'm not sure. I think they've got a young British sprinter in Jake Stewart. Um, but, oh. Yeah, I'm sort of off them. I used to love them, and now I'm sort of off. I'm still going to back Valentin Madwa probably every stage, but I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm still off them. What's a par here for them? What do they need to get to get something out of this Tour de France? I think I think Madwa, Pinot could do one of them have to win a stage definitely, if not two. Um, and Gadu's got to do something. Like I've have you if you've done a mock top ten, Gadu's not even really. Oh, he's struggling in around eighth in mine. Talking about top tens, Ineos Grenadiers, how many top tens are they going to bag? 
and and most of most of which will be fifth onwards. So you honestly think? I like to think, and obviously no one knows, but watching a little bit of Netflix, you get a bit of an insight. I reckon one will be a leader. I reckon they'll pick one. It'll be either Martinez or Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And that'll be their protected rider with maybe a little like, oh, if Bernal will just try and hold on to the group for as long as he can. Omar Freyle, Ben, like ben Turner, got- Pidcock, Koski, and Castrovillo are in breaks. They're going to stages. And that's exciting. Ineos on the move. They're the best team at getting in breaks and getting it done, but they just don't do it enough. What what's par here? What what are what are you expecting? I can see Castro winning the stage. He had hot legs at the at the, at the Giro. Um, I can see Pidcock winning the stage, and then I can see one of the climbers winning the stage. They can probably win three stages here. Uno X make their Tour de France debut, and so they should. So they should. This is so much better. Yeah, they've replaced B&B hotels. And if B&B hotels, in your opinion, will be done anything to add to the Tour de France? They Generally, the, the pro Conti teams don't have much of a presence. They're, they're a token start due to their nationality. This one is a presence. Like we are two young fellas who, once they get kicked off the GC wagon in the first week, we're getting breaks in Torsten Treen and Johansson. And then big Christoph for the sprints. And then Warren's cold. I'm hearing noise about this guy being like the next big thing. So there's four genuine riders here. You look you looked down the team sheet too. It's just stacked with Nordic strength. It's Norwegian or Danish flags only accepted in this squad. So you know they're going to be present. You know they're going to be up and, up and about. Uh, and you, you're almost expecting that there's going to be a win that might pop up somewhere. Yeah, I think I think there's a win. It's not Christoph from a bunch, but it could be Christoph from a reduced bunch. Um, and it's certainly those two climbers I mentioned before, once they um, get really knocked off the GC wagon, I can see them holding on a little bit early on. Um, but once, yeah, that third that third week. And then Ruben, Ruben Lechnason, the Giro pink jersey for a week or two there. He's going across yeah. there next year. Yep. He ticks, he ticks their strength bucket. He does. <laughs> Tobias Foss, that's all they need. They, they get him across. He's apparently on, on the market getting him to across. <laughs> Israel Premier Tech, we normally rinse this squad about the atrocious team sheets that they, they present. But... In terms with what they're working with, this is I don't mind this. This is magnificent from Israel. I can't oh I everything about this I like. Froome left out, uh, Omar Goldstein left out. Um, so the two token every single race have been left out. They've got the three oh well the two Aussies in the Kiwi that look like they can all win a stage. Schultz has a weird little bunch sprint at the end of a climb that he can potentially be in and around. We know what Clarkie can do. And Corbin's strong. I've actually, I reckon he's a sneaky chance in and around these first two stages. He can he can climb and he can sprint. And then the Canadians, like Hugo Hill, we saw what he did last last year at the Tour. And then Michael Woods, obviously, and hopefully doesn't go for GC. But um, yeah, these guys, I mean, par is just one stage, but it could be a whole lot more than that. They've signed up the two craftiest Australians in terms of um, race nows. You know that they're going to pick a couple of good moves, and they're just they're born winners. And with tunes on top of that, and that is a nice little breakaway opportunity for this squad. Woodsy for those kind of there's plenty of punchy stage one. There's plenty of punchy kicks for him as well. 
Lotto Destiny. We touched on Caleb with Jason off the top. No wins, no pressure. Or no, a lot of pressure. No wins. He's not being talked about. How do you how, how do you reckon he's feeling, Maxi? How do you reckon he's handling this? Uh, I think he'd be frustrated. Um, I think when external people talk about form, they go, oh, it'd be good for him to come in as an underdog. But when you're the man, you don't want to be an underdog. You want to be the man. So he, I'm sure he's struggling with that. Um, but if he is listening externally, it is good to be the underdog every now and then. You're not going to be marked in sprints. You can be potentially let on someone's wheel. Unlike if you're hot, yeah, that's not happening. Um, you got a small little lead out. You got your man Jasper. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm bullish. There's uh, how many how many sprint stages? I wrote it down. What have we got? 18, 19, 21, 11, 7, 4, 3. There's seven genuine chances for Caleb. Um, he's got to stay on his bike. That's not a great history of his, but seven chances. And in terms of the quickest guys, there's Fabio, there's Dylan, and there's Jasper Phillips, and there you're three. And then obviously Guinea and, and um, Mads Pedersen, but I think they're a little bit slower than those four. So play cards right and you can get a stage. With with that kind of speech, you might be up for a sprint consultant role even forward. Yeah, I mean, I know my sprinters especially Italians, and there is one of them in this race um, down there on Arkea Samzik, uh, <laughs> Mozzato. We'll, we'll get there soon, but um, he's a mediocre Italian sprinter. A little Trek, if you went on Twitter yesterday, you wouldn't wouldn't have missed that they changed their name. Um, Ciccone, will he ride for stages and give up on this GC dream, or will he try and keep that alive and waste the first half of his tour? If he rides for stages, he's a chance to be in 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 yellow because he could win one early um, and could be one of those token. Uh, especially if, if Pog wins stage one, he'll want to give yellow away by stage four, uh, and then stage five, all of a sudden there's a little climb. Chicone goes, and then he could do a Tommy Voigtler and hold on to it. Um, it's certainly a better tactic, in my opinion. Uh, strong team, back to the the Bahrain and the Boras. There is there's a bit of everything. Pet Mads has got a long uh, with Jasper Kirsch, uh, Quinn Simmons, um, and Tony Gallopin. He's got a he's got a good lead out. Skelmos, what are your what are your thoughts? Is there is there a top ten? I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what running into this. Like, is it worth it? I mean, it's not worth. It's- it's not worth both of them not going for GC. I think if you're going to pick one, you'd pick him to go for GC and Ciccone to go for stages. Because I wasn't thinking about what you talked about before, but Ciccone for stages is exciting and there's a huge opportunity and there's the opportunity to win. Um, and if they've got Mads and Ciccone, they've almost, they're pretty they've pretty much got from 90% sprint stages to 50% covered. There's not, there's not much left out there. Yeah, Mads... Mads is one of those ones where if you think and they go, oh, maybe if they don't go really hard in these climbs in stage one and two, Mads could be at the finish. He's like the best of the climbing sprinters. So Mads could be in a lot of finishes. Obviously, we say this and there's the whole breakaway to think about as well. But um, Trek have got a good side. I think Parr has been up there for green um, and, a, and, a, and a little stage win from... Yeah, you're talking Ciccone, Simmons, 
or Scalmos. Obviously, Mads would be important for a stage win, but something from one of those other, other three as well. Inter Marche, Germain makes his debut. Very, very exciting things. He also bagged a win. He bagged a win too, didn't he? The in the lead up. Yeah, he beat he beat Caleb. He beat Caleb in a bunch. Um, yeah, I think that excited me how he beat genuine sprinters in a bunch sprint. I haven't seen that too much from Binny. Um, obviously, we know he can climb. He's probably similar to Mads Pedersen, someone who can be potentially there in stage one and stage two. Um, and it seems like it's a team for him. Like he's clear leader. Menkes will hold on for no apparent reason to try and finish 15th. But the other six riders are there for Binny. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I've backed him for green. Uh, I think I think he's a good chance. What's he paying for green? Uh, he's fourth favourite I, 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 in and around the 12 to 15 bracket. He think he'll get over the wood with uh, with a target of green. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll win a stage early and therefore be defaulted into going for green. DSM, an Australian, well, again, this kind of, this two-prong attack with Bardet, we heard from Jason at the start, talking about Matt Tinnum's been working with him um, and a good little position in the squad to hitch your wagon to, to Roman to kind of continue his future at DSM. On the other side of things, Sam Wellsford, maybe the fastest guy in the race at the moment. Yeah, in terms of if it's a pancake. It, if it's a pancake, if we're just starting, if we're just sprinting from 2K to go. And it was a, and it was a highway width. Yeah. Yeah. Racing, racing in California. Yeah, well, the wins he got early in the year, where was he? Um, the one, the Argentina fixed camera. Argentina, yeah. Um, they've done the 4-4 four, four split. Uh, four in for Roman, four in for Wellsford. Um, he's got a pretty experienced lead out, Degengold um, and Alex Ed- Ed- Edmondson um, and Niels Ekov as well. Obviously not as experienced, but... Um, and then Roman's got, you'd almost say, inexperienced people around him in Dinan, Chris Hamilton and the young American in Vermarki. I've got Roman doing well. He did well last tour. I've got him doing well again. Um, I've got him sitting around fifth, fourth, even there's less time trials. There's only one and it's uphill, which has to suit a climber. Um, I've got him doing really well. He must like his Aussies. Like it's kind of two of his, two of his bros that he's taken to the tour with him. Yeah, and he come across, obviously, we're all glued to our phones in and around the tragedy that happened to Bahrain um, at the Tour de Swiss. Roman was the real winner. Some of the stuff that he was saying, Instagram, Twitter, uh, press conferences, mm-hmm. the guy sounds like an absolute star. Um, so he's, he's got my support. Tim Movie Star, Mass, Jorgensen, Token is a gear, eh, bro? Not a bad team. Again... All right. Yeah, again, they do the whole, let's take five leaders. Um, there's definitely four leaders. Like Aaron Buru, I'm sick of the talk, but like he's a chance in stage one and two. Matteo Jorgensen had the best start of the year out of any cyclist probably, um, and now he's doing a tour. Enric Mass, normally not fit this time of the year, normally is macking it around for the Volta. So I'm tipping a disappointing tour from Enric Mass, but they've got Ruben Guerrero as well, so... Um, they won the Spanish champs with someone that I, I'm not sure if he's on the list, but it was someone that I'd never heard of. 
Um, so they'd be, they'd be feeling quite confident. I can't wait for the doco again. I'm talking about five leaders of the tour. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we'll see much of them. I reckon Parr's a stage and that's it. Team Jaco Alula, Alula. Um, they've got some Aussies in the squad list this year, which is nice, which is a nice addition. Uh, Harper makes a debut. Derbridge there for some experience, and then they've got the two-prong attack again, Yates and Grunaway. And Grunaway seems to be in good nick as well. So you think that you think that Mezjek, Mezjek with the lead out to Grunaway is on is on for a burner. The way it reads is it's six in for Grunewagen. I think Yates has got Harper. And to be fair, I think Yates is going for stages in my opinion, but I could be wrong. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a team for Grunewagen um, and there'll be a lot of pressure on him for definitely stage three and four. He needs to he needs to hit one of them and let's hope for Team Jaco. Um, I like that they've got a plan, six people. Uh, Craddock could be someone and Jewel Jensen can both get in breaks, but there's definitely four there for Grunewagen. So um, I hope he gets something early. Ben O'Connell heads up uh, AG2R. Big, big feature in the Netflix doco, which I'm sure you've got to that episode. Good uh, in the lead up, him and Hindley going kind of head to head. Don't know. Could, can, you, can you pick one that's going better than the other at the moment? Again, another team I underestimated how big five to 10 is for a French team in GC. Not till Ben O'Connor went out did Bob Youngles, who was in the form of his life, get the license to go for a, a break. Um, obviously, I was on the inside last year, as you can remember, Alex. So I managed to find Bob Youngles on that surge. Um, <laughs> but this is this isn't like they they let GVA at home, similar similar Chris Froome. The big contract of Greg Van Avermaet wasn't enough to get him into the team, which I like. Like Nans Peters has been getting in breaks and getting close all season. Cosnefoir is this forgotten talent that you never know when he's going to pop up and it could be stage one. And then O'Connor, Parapant, Felix Gall. Felix Gall is like the new Mark Padun. Like, where's this guy come from? Um, mm-hmm. Those three in the in 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 the mountains. It's a it's a good team. Ben O'Connor, where's he going to finish? Uh, I've got him outside of of Jai, even though Jai. They looked pretty close in the Dauphiné. Or was it Swiss? Where'd they both ride? Dauph, Dauph, Dauphiné. Um, I think Jai's the better rider, so I've got Jai, but I've got Ben O'Connor probably finishing in around seventh. Um, I don't want to steal me top ten at the moment. Where do I have him? Yeah, seventh. Alberson de Koenig have got a hot squad. Philipson's maybe, for me, he's the, he's the hot sprinter coming into this race, the favourite. He's been torch and races left, right and centre of all different types of, and categories. And then he's got Mathieu van der Poel, your former f- number one rider and number one athlete in the world as his lead-out man, uh, which we saw in the a few of the lead-up races. Van der Poel was doing turns equivalent to one, two, three, four riders to get into the finish. So that, that's that's an exciting dynamic. Throw in there, Crow Anderson for a bit of strength which has been a nice little recruit for them this year. Roman Singleton as well. Like, it's it's a stacked squad. Yeah, it is stacked. The, the, the one, I mean, I get one-day races. Philipson and Vanderpol can both be a bit of team leaders. They've both been in breaks. Philipson's winning from breaks. Like, he's in crazy form. 
Um, but I do wonder what will happen in a stage that suits both. Um, and the ones I'm talking, potentially stage two, when Philipson could get over a climb, uh, that Van der Poel is probably put down as one of his stages. What happens if they're both there? Um, can MBDP go to the front and put Philipson out the back, up, up, up a climb? Um, I think it's a bit more interesting. I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see how they work it out because it's in the Netflix doco, MBDP was far superior of a rider at that time. He was sick, but so it was a clear hierarchy. Now, Jasper's the best sprinter in the world. Yeah. The hierarchy's changed a little bit. So can MBDP burn Jasper up a climb? I'm not, I'm, I'm not, that's intriguing. Especially, it's going to happen in stage two. We're going to work out if they're all in for MBDP for some stages or Jasper. If, if you were in having this dynamic, though, if there was two guys that you'd want leading your team, it's the Rudhoof brothers based off their uh, delivery and the way that they view things in the doco. It's just like, it's, this is this is how it is, boys. This is how it's going to work. 100%. And they don't want Yasper celebrating uh, wins that aren't his. Nah. <laughs> but that's a, it, it's a good team. It's centered around those two. Uh, I can't see any of the other than... Oh, Soren... Soren could do a soaring thing as well. He could potentially get in the break. Um, but it's centered around those two. I'm excited for Alpes. And they are one of my favorite teams. They get on the move. They do things. Um, they're all in for sprint stages, as we've seen in the doco. It's going to be a good watch. Astana, Cavs going for the Tour de France stage record. They've brought Renshaw in as a sprint consultant to give Cav a little bit more confidence and uh, Bowl is also racing alongside him to give him a genuine lead out. Is he going to pick one up? I mean, they've done what I just praised Israel for doing. They've done quite the opposite. Um, they've brought their best, their most paid eight riders. Um, I see the obviously Cavs got to be there with Bowl, um, and then Delo Cruz and Sanchez are worth their weight in gold. Um, I think Delo Cruz will be able to get in a couple of. Um, climbing stage of breakaways and Sanchez will probably be in the Cav lead out to be honest Gianni Moscon what a name uh, we haven't heard of him um, the token Kazakhstanian of Fedorov if you can tell me anything about him you're a better man than me I'll, I'll, I'll be and Harold Chajazda I don't know much about him either but Litsenko will he'll do he'll hang on to GC for as long as possible again to be fair he'll probably finish top 10 but um, I'm not as as excited about this Astana team. And I think I think Cav is going to have to wait till stage 21. I hope he gets over those mountains. Cofidis, it looks like every Cofidis team that's ever attended the Tour de France, Martin at the top, Cocard there, Izaguirre, bro. Does this excite you or is this kind of run along the lines of their most paid rider list as well? It is, yeah, well, um, the only one that's not there is Benjamin Tomar, who normally comes to stuff like this, but um, Victor Lafay is a fun rider to watch. Um, but, yeah, nothing really excites me. Cockard, the uphill sprints suit Philipson more than him. So, um, Geshka had a, an amazing run for the Polka Dots last year. I actually would rather someone like him win the Polka Dot jersey than the GC Leds. Um, so that was fun to watch. Uh, he'll probably do that again, my gut feel. But 
Is that a different leader? Didn't he come top five in the Dauphiné or something pre last year? Like he did an amazing yeah. GC ride. Yeah, so. won, won, won the uphill time trial. That's right. So I'm not sure year. if he's in the same form as the Polka Dot Keska last 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 year. Again, if they can break their drought, there are seven. Like one stage gets Cofidis a seven, and I don't. We don't throw out sevens easy on this show. They mm. haven't won a stage for how long? You would know more than me. They're forever, pretty much. Now it's getting to a point where their last their last win doesn't count. It was that long ago. <laughs> if they win a stage, they can have a seven. EF Education Easy Post. It's again. We used to rinse these squads about the random lists that they were bringing to these. It's almost like Vin and Pog have have just settled everyone else. Like, all right, you just get back in your stable. This is what you got. This has got you got 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 to work with. And they're bringing good well-crafted lists to these races. I mean, what we saw from Jonathan Vortis was apparently these guys are low budget. I wonder how much they're spending on these eight riders and what everyone else is getting because these guys can't be cheap. Like the Rigo, Carapaz, Chavez, Amador climbing foursome that those four are and then add Nielsen Powers to that. They have the best climbing train at the tour. Carapaz could finish... I was tossing up between him and Jai. I think we forget how good Carapaz is. Obviously, he's a lot better in an Ineos train. We can all agree on that. But the freedom that EF gives him, I can see him being in and around some of these mountaintop finishes with Pog and Vinegar. Um, and then he's got Rigo, he's got Chavez, he's got Amador, he's got Nielsen Paulus. Like, it's a pretty strong team. And Magnus will do his thing. Betty O will do his thing. If they can move away from the focus of Rigo for GC... There's huge upside for them. I know there's that. It's that hard. It's that hard conundrum of do we risk it for stages? But I think you do. You have must to. Must be that much of a rock star there because he he gets wheeled out for the tour. I haven't seen him all season, and he's had a slow lead up for the tour. Like it's every other rider has to go ride in February to get as many points as possible. Where Rio can just have a late start, a Colombian summer, and then make his way into the tour. Like he's he's so highly regarded at at at, at, at EF. Uh, Sudal Quick Step, very very similar to last year. The only major change is Julian in, who was an out last year. Uh, obviously Jakobsen there with all the boys, Asgreen Cavagna, De Klerk, Dries Devenens, Morkov. It's the best. It's the best lead out in the uh, in the race. I'll um, I'll be following this stage three. I think they their track record of winning the first sprint stage available, um, it's pretty good. So experience in those sort of hot finishes, yeah. I'll be going Fabio straight up, straight off the bat. He wins. He wins stage stage three. Mm-hmm. Well, it was last year that we were talking about where where are they going to get their wins from. Um, and they won back-to-back stages, held the jersey into the first week. Tim Arkea, Samsek, um, I'll just take the just take just take the floor. Slightly go back to Sadal. Does Julian is Julian in the stage one and twos? Yeah, he is. He's got because he's talking himself down. If you follow a little bit of what Julian's saying in the media, he's saying I'm nowhere near Woot Van Aert. I've got my legs. I'm feeling good. I've had this as a target. But if Woot Van Aert goes, I probably can't go with him. Like he's talking himself down. 
He's he's talking a big game. He he know he knows that this stage was designed for him because he would have been shooting notes to the ASO organisers, being like, "This is the category of climb that I want up the finale. This is the gradient that I need. Um, make sure that this happens about thirty k to go." He knows he's on for this stage one, and is he even if he even if this is correct and he isn't in this in that super duper nick that we've seen him in before, it's still Julian Alaphilippe. He's a rock star. He wins on these kind of occasions. Uh, team Arkea Samsek, straight in the hat, give us your 101 on, on this squad that you're now wearing merchandise for. Uh, it's, a poor, it, 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 it's a poor squad. And then, to be fair, they don't have a lot to work with. Um, I was expecting uh, Hofsetter as their sprinter, but instead it's Luca Mazzotta, um, who's a young Italian sprinter um, who is as mediocre as Mario Marchetti, uh, probably more. Um, Warren Barguy and Clement Champasson are the two men to even uh, to warrant to talk about on this on this squad. Clement Champasson, he's been, he's he's been talked as the new French GC hope in five years. Um, cycling's changed where you have got to be able to do it at twenty two these days anyway. But um, he is the guy. Warren Barguy will get into break at some point. Last year we saw he was the last one left in the Galibier stage that was hot. Um, he actually got over Glibier by himself, I'm pretty sure. So that's there again, Glibier. So maybe he'll want to do that. Um, it's not a big squad to write home about. They're, if Champerson can stay with the GC group and get a top 15, I reckon that's what they're top aiming 15. for. I reckon that's what they're aiming for. Top 15. For. Yeah. Okay. That's what they're going to be writing on the uh, Akea pitch deck next year when they're going back to the sponsors. Well, obviously, obviously they're riding a Bargy stage win, but do you see it hap- happening? Is it time to bring back Quintana? I don't know where he is. I mean, obviously he's had a fair bit of um, media around the the ban. I'm not sure if the ban's even is. It, is he on a ban? I think he got off the ban. Well, well, that was a whole thing. The ban wasn't a thing because it wasn't. It was a cycling banned substance, not a water banned substance. Last team on the list, Total Energies. Um, Eddie the Boss, Eddie Bossenhagen, Peter Sagan. If it was 2013-14, this would be some squad. If it was 2013-14, these two would be the both favourites for, for the first stage. Uh, they cancelled their press conference this morning too, I noted. Management didn't quite want to talk about the... Um, Peter gone issue. Yeah, that's fair enough. Drink driving, was it? Was that? Yeah, drink driving. Uh, yeah, jail time and drink driving. Must have been. What was it? Yeah, three three months suspended sentence. So he will won't go. He won't go to jail. Peter Sagan is not going to jail. Is the headline? But uh, got done on I think on his scooter in Monaco. Yeah, right. Well, he must have been blind. Yeah. Um, and dri- and driving like a cowboy too. Yeah, right. He's got his lads here, so he's got his lead out. Oh, what do you see? If, if he gets a perfect sprint train into a race, what do you think his best finish could be on like a stage three? Fourth. Yeah, I probably I probably agree with you. Like, you just even you saw him um, saw him racing last week. It's it's just not quite there anymore. And there's these the drink driving charges, the crashing last week. Peter Sargon isn't what well, Peter Sargon is. I think he's I think he's eyeing off retirement. Yeah, they're and then 
this is a this isn't a great squad as well. Uh, Pierre Latour will do, and mark my words, he will do this. The he will take a breakaway from the peloton halfway through the stage and dangle himself twenty seconds in front of the peloton up a climb and then get swallowed and spat out the back. It's his favorite move. I think he. I, I don't know why he does it. It must have worked for him in juniors one day, where he goes, oh, "I'm going to ride away from the peloton in the middle of the stage," and then he just dangles there and then gets spat out, and that'll happen. Um, I think he's a good polka dot option if he went down that path, but he doesn't seem to like to get in the early morning. He might not have, to be fair, to get in an early morning break at the tour, he has to be pretty strong, and he might not have necessarily the legs. Yeah. Your tips, Maxi? Uh, yeah, so I sort of alluded early um, some of them, but I am going Vinegard. Uh, I think I, I think he's the best rider in the tour. Um I think the TT suits him with a little bit of a climb in it as well. Only a 22-kilometre TT and only one TT, so I don't think it's going to be too much a difference between Vin and Pog. Uh, but it certainly brings some of the other climbers into the equation. But Vinigard won. I'm going to go – I'm splitting them. So I'm going to put Jai at second and Pog at third for no reason other than boredom. Um, hmm. And then if I just round out the 10 just to give you a yell, I think Carapaz is the other shot for the podium. Those four, I think, are in a league of their own. Vinegard, Hindley, Pog, Carapaz. And then Bardet, Lander, O'Connor, Bill Bauer, Lutsenko, and Mass to round out the 10. No Ineos rider. Yeah. yeah. I, I really like Jai's, uh, uh, yeah, Jai's third. I think like he can just he can just run under the radar a little bit the next couple of weeks, you know, just there, just always in the high mountains, chipping away. No long time trial, which I think um, is good, because the long time trial just would have put Vin and Rog for, Pog keep saying Rog Pog further ahead of the rest of them. Uh, so I think that that brings him into that third place. I mean, Pog for the win. His big one like is. Who's a better climber out of Jai, Carapaz, Lander? Because they're the three probably pure climbers at this race. Jai. Jai's, a, Jai's consistent, consistently the best. Land, Lander will pull out some belt over ride. Carapaz will win a punchy bunch kick at the top of a hill. But in terms of just quality of climbing, Jai's going to be there for the full three weeks. And he's shown that he can do it now in the Giro. Handled the pressure too. He's ridden in the pink jersey. Jai Henley for a podium. The second Aussie to be on the podium. It's exciting. And then... Stage one? Uh, stage one. It's going to be hard for me not to back MBDP. Um, but I, I also think Pog, like... I know there's a plethora of punchy guys that are here at this tour for this stage, like an Alaphilippe, a Van Aert, a MBDP, a Phillips and a Pedersen, a, a Biddy Gamay, um, a Carapaz. Uh, but I just, if Pog's on, they don't get Pog. I don't, I think it's a bunch sprint. I don't think anyone gets away on the climb with 10K to go. I think it will be a bunch, well, a reduced bunch. Um, Poor, I'm going MVDP. I think, I think I agree. I think we're probably getting a bit excited about like the sprinter guys going to be going for. I think it could be small enough that um, that Pog could be there just to just to, just to calm everyone down a bit. You know, don't worry, guys. I'm still I'm still the best. I'm still the best. But I also like the idea of Wout Van Aert um, 
and just disestablishing himself as like I'm in good nick here. I'm still the I'm you know I'm I'm the king of this team. I know I know I know Vin's going for the overall, but I'm going to win this stage. I think they'd love him to take some bonus seconds at different times as well. So if it's ten of them in a punchy sprint and Van Art and Vinigard are both there, Van Art try and beat Pog because I can't, you know. And thank God they took the time bonuses out of stage one. That that would have been criminal if someone took the yellow jersey and didn't win the opening stage. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, in, in terms of green, uh, I, I said earlier I'm going to go Biddy. Um, but the, the 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 competitors are hot. So it's a, if Van Aert, Pedersen and Philipson are all going for green with Biddy, that's that's cool. And, like, and then imagine if Jakobsen comes out and wins three of the flat stages and all of a sudden he's in the green race. Like, it could be a fun yeah, green yeah. battle. On a bunch, on a bunch sprint, and everyone stays on their bike, this is who's sprinting. Caleb, Grunewagen, Wellsford, Jakobsen, Van Aert, Philipson, Kokar, Bauhaus, Christoph, Strong, <laughs> Pedersen, Gomez, Jordi Moose, Cavendish, Peter Sagan, and Mazzato. That's as hot of a sprint field for a long time. I'd just put Bennett there instead of Geordie Moose. Wow. Can we just throw into how stressful stage one's going to be? Yeah, well, I, I, the good thing is is there'll be a lot of sprint trains that won't be there, but it's still going to be incredibly stressful. And talking talking to Jason too at the start, it, it just been raining. Remember that opening, sta- opening stage in Nice? It was absolutely carnage. TT, who would have thought? For the polka dots? Um, oh, I mean, it's hard to go from away from the two genuine favourites in this, and it's Thibaut Pino and Ciccone. Um, if they go for it, no one else is in the favourite, I feel. If they're both going for polka dot, um, it seems weird that people don't go for polka dot. It must be an amazing cash benefit or... Um, like, why wouldn't Warren Bargui and Pierre Latour and Thibaut Pinot and Julia Ciccone go for polka dot? Like, why wouldn't they? Especially for those kind of squads, like to get themselves front and centre every day. The, guess the, biggest, the biggest threat for the polka dot is uh, Pog and Vindegaard just cleaning up on the mountain. Correct. It helps us two it's of them. Be tricky. It helps us two of them. Yeah. And it's not just Pog winning every mountain top finish. I like I like um I like Jonathan Waters getting a bit excited about Carapaz and just setting him up the road and him just accidentally getting himself into the polka dot jersey race, which just seems how it normally plays out. It's it's an accident that you're in the race and then all of a sudden you're going for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, and like normal early stages, someone will get in the polka dot and then just try and keep it for as long as they can, like Geshka did. Even like a Woke Poles, I'm not mm-hmm. sure how much domestic work we're doing for um, Landon, but remember when Woke Poles had a good polka dot run as well? I think that was two years ago. Well, yeah, you look at that squad. Imagine if Poles, Bilbao, Lander went for the polka dot jersey. And then the, the smoky in all this is Simon Yates. Even for stage one as well? Oh, yeah, he can bunch sprint, man. He is definitely the smoky to win stages and win polka dot, and not do and not and end up not riding the GC. Yeah, I, I just can't, I, oh, I don't know much about what Jaco do pre like. It's pretty clear they always go for green. 
But are they telling Yates to go for yellow in this situation? Like he's obviously more like the Volta would be perfect for him. I think he's one of Volta, I'm pretty sure. It just it depends how much they care about top 10 because that's really what they're riding for. Good to see both Yates. You really see them both at the same place. Good place. to see both Yates. And a, a bit along the other lines, they've left Matthews at home. Yeah, he's um, there was some sort of studies with the highest rank slash one of the highest paid people not going to the tour. Um, yeah. The highest paid would be Froome and GBA, but there's, I think he's the highest ranked with Remco. Is geez, wouldn't it be great if Remco just slid his way? He's obviously he's obviously got form. I just don't get why they. Why, why wouldn't they bring him just to go stage hunting? Yeah, like that could. How much for your first tour? How about don't go for GC and just get a feel of the tour and go for a couple of stage wins, win the TT. And and you know what? When Jakobsen needs a lead out. Can't tell me he's not going to do it, do a good tap on the front. He doesn't. He actually is an unbelievable. He's very similar to MBDP. He can ride at the front for a long time. Yeah, it's extremely disappointing. It's extremely disappointing. It makes for a good uh, this is... next year if it all happens again. Vin Pog and uh, let's say Gagenhart goes to Trek. So then all of a sudden you got a Trek uh, team that are riding, and then Evan Poles there. You got four GC teams, and then if Ineos. Mm. We'll probably bring someone GC. Imagine having five big GC teams. That's when it's hot. The old school, back to the good old days, when everyone had a leader. Yeah, and yeah. Well, everyone does have a leader, but just there's twenty in teams, the race. Twenty teams that have said we're not going to be a chance. <laughs> uh, you're going to be watching. What, what, what's your plan over the next three weeks? You've obviously got a season to focus in on. Yeah, I'm certainly uh, my my normal routine is to um, is to watch the first hour to see the break. Um, that can obviously in the big stages sometimes take a little bit longer to get away, and then I wake up and watch the the last little bit. Um, I will watch the highlight show um, if it's a smaller stage, but if it's there's a mountain top finish, I'll just go to the forty minutes to go and watch it from there. Um, still unsure if I'm going GCN or SBS. Uh, you don't have the option of SBS there, do you? Don't have the option. Yeah, so you're just uh, you're just GCN. We're lucky with the option. I feel like I might go SBS because of the loyalty I have with Kino, but I, I just know GCN will be better. So you don't you get you get Robbie on the other side, but you don't get them both together. You don't get them, you don't get them on the other. Well, Maxie, enjoy enjoy a little trip up north, Alice Springs. Yeah, uh, half an hour earlier, Alice Springs, so maybe I might be able to stay up and watch stage one a little bit longer, uh, but obviously I'll be focused on the game. I'll be... got, got, the, got the AFL, got um, Tour de France, the Ashes is on, Wimbledon is about to start. And Plappy's going it's to the Tour time. of Austria. Thanks, Maxi. Thanks, Elby. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll check in. Yeah, we'll check in. At stage nine is the first breakaway stage, so the the day off is after the ninth stage. I'm not, I'm not sure what Cambo was work what Cambo's working on at the moment, but he seems awfully stressed. So he must be either fending off protesters down at the Salamanca port, or um, this they're in the, he's in the back end of this Tassie State deal. So hopefully, he gets that done. He can join us for the next Epi. I'm looking forward to seeing Cambo. I want some news hot off the press. <laughs> Thanks, Max. See ya.